I'm Dr. Michael Latola. And I'm Megan Strong. The career power rankings are in. How did dentistry do? Find out today on Chairside Live. Welcome to episode 32 of Chairside Live. Megan, how were your holidays? They were fun. How were yours? They were very good. It's nice to be back. We've got an interesting case of the week for you today. We've got a dentist who took an impression for a four-unit bridge with a double arch tray. You've probably heard me say many times before that's a no-no. Today when we pour up the models, you're going to see why. But before we get to that, let's go to a segment we call Viewer Mail. This week's letter begins, Hi Dr. Detola. I recently watched some of your Chairside Lives on YouTube and some of the videos on the Glidewell site. I really like your lecture uh, delivery. It's detailed and entertaining. I'm glad you mentioned the products clearly and the ordering information. I'll more on that later. Uh, I hadn't noticed if you have any videos on Invisalign techniques or other topics more closely related to ortho. Either way, thank you very much. I've subscribed to the Chairside Live channel. Happy holidays. Uh, Dovi Prero DDS, Advanced Orthodontics, University of Southern California from USC. Uh, well, Dovi, thank you uh, so much for the letter. And I'm glad you mentioned that you like seeing the products uh, in detail because one of the things that I find interesting is that the ADA has recently uh, decided that maybe they're gonna ask lecturers to stop mentioning products in lectures. And I think that's insane. Doctors will go crazy if you say, I use a bonding agent, and they say, which one do you use? And you have to say brand X, or you can't mention it. I think a much more rational idea would be if you're gonna mention one product, mention two competing products that will do uh, the same thing. As to your question uh, as to whether or not I have anything on, on Invisalign or other orthodontics, I really don't because that's not my area of expertise. I used to do some traditional orthodontics uh, on adolescents, and I have done a few Invisalign cases, uh, but I would wanna steer you to a, a friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Swain, and go to his website, Six Month Orthodontics, He's got a product that a lot of adult patients are very interested in, specifically adults who have crowding on their lower anterior teeth and don't want to have uh, traditional orthodontics on for uh, two years. The ability to have traditional orthodontics on for only six months motivates a lot of patients to want to do it that way. And because you're in an ortho program, you know as well as anybody that once you get that bracket on the tooth and put an arch wire in there, it's way easier to move that tooth than it would be using a vacuum formed aligner. So I would suggest you check out Dr. Ryan Swain's six month ortho. There's a lot of adult patients who are very interested in doing that. And of course, because you wrote in and had such nice things to say, uh, we'd love to send you an autographed picture of Megan and myself. Look for that in your USC mailbox coming up soon. Now let's go to Megan and the news. If you've ever seen the iconic 1945 photograph of the sailor kissing the woman in Times Square at the end of World War II, you may have wondered about the identities of the lip lock couple. After a decades-long mystery, an intense investigation has revealed their true identities. The sailor is George Mendonca and the woman is Greta Zimmer, a dental hygienist who was on her lunch break when the infamous photograph was taken. Often mistaken for a nurse, 1945 dental hygienists wore an all-white uniform similar to nurses. Greta worked at a dental office just six blocks away and, like the sailor, did not even know the picture was taken. 
So she was on her lunch break. She was on her lunch break, and he was going through, and he got word that the war had ended. Right. And so he was going out kissing all these women, and of course, she was the one woman that the photograph was taken of, of that particular kiss, and has become the iconic picture of that time. Right, the romantic picture right. that every college woman puts on, like, <laughs> on their dorm wall. Gets a poster of, yes. I'm uh, fascinated by it, though, because that is so 1945. Right. Right? I mean, like, what, what would happen today if you decided to do that? If you were out walking around and you got some great news and, and, you, and somebody stops and kisses a woman? Right. You'd probably get shot and sued. Right. I mean, like, what if I get a message right now on my phone with some really good news right. for me? Look, let's say, for example, the fiscal cliff has been avoided and I turn to you and right. grab you and, and put my lips on yours. I mean, that's, I don't think you can get away with no, that. No, you can. We'd go straight to HR. So I'm glad to hear, though, it's a, a dental hygienist. That's neat. It's right, a nice it's little fun. twist and keep yeah. you part of dentistry. Yes. Anything else? Yes. U.S. News recently published a list of the 100 best jobs of 2013. And guess which profession topped the list? Dentists. The profession is even predicted to grow 21% by 2020. The jobs were ranked based upon growth, salary, job prospects, employment rate, stress level, and work-life balance. Web developers, registered nurses, and physical therapists also made the top 10 of the list, but coming in at number 10 was another profession in the dental industry, dental hygienists. Wow, a, a second great story uh, uh, for the dental profession. Sure. And I have people stop me a lot and say, um, if you had the, uh, the chance to do it again, would you be a dentist all over again? And a lot of times it, it's kids in high school or college who are considering uh, a career in the health professions. And um, it's neat to see dentists kind of finish above where physicians finish because right. I think we've maintained an independence um, in our profession where we're able to go to work and do more of what we want to do and not necessarily be a slave uh, to the insurance programs and things like sure. that. So that, that's fascinating to see. Um, we feel like here at the laboratory, seeing that the way our numbers are going up, dentists mm -hmm. are getting busier again. So to see 21% growth by the year 2020, make some sense as well because there's certainly areas that are underserved. That's pretty awesome. It's nice yeah. to see And for dental hygienists one. as well, not just dentists. Dental hygienists made the list. They were number 10. So. And that's a that's an, uh, fantastic career. I've tried to talk both my daughters into doing that. And they're like, Dad, that's gross. You know, and, but I try to tell them of all the benefits. You can work as much or, or as little as you want to as a dental sure. hygienist and kind of make as much money as you want to. You can take nine months off or a year off if you're going to have a child and come back and work again because they're in such... Uh, demand and the best part is on your lunch break you may get grabbed by uh, some random guy on the street Imagine and that. he'll stick his uh, tongue in your mouth and they'll take a picture of it and it'll be uh, infamous forever. Thank you very much for those stories Megan. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the case of the week. For this case of the week I happen to be walking through the Crown and Bridge Department and I happen to ask one of the technicians what's one of the most frustrating things that you see uh, week in and week out and uh, it didn't take him very long to reach over and grab uh, this impression this this represents um, something that it, it looks so easy and it seems so easy it seems so tempting but it never really works out and this is for a four unit bridge we've got a distal abutment here and a ponic space and then two uh, abutments on the mesial these two bicuspids and we'll look at the model in a second uh, but you've probably heard me say many times before that if we're going to do a double arch impression like this, it's suitable uh, for one single unit crown or two single unit adjacent crowns that should never be used for a bridge. And you'll see why in a minute. And part of the reason it shouldn't be used for a bridge 
is because the flexibility of these plastic trays and the fact that the impression material can kind of pull away, as you can see here, as opposed to like a perforated full arch tray. This is a pretty stiff impression material though, but all these little errors that we get slightly concerned about with a single unit crown, when we have a restoration this big in a double arch tray, a plastic one, we get really worried about it. Because any little error you make for a single unit is going to get multiplied across that whole length and become a bigger problem. Not to mention if we look closely over here, I'll rotate the impression to the side. You can see that white spot. We'll zoom in on this just a little bit here and you can see that we actually have the tray in contact inside of the preparation. So that's the margin. And so really the tray was kind of uh, uh, malpositioned and the preparation is in contact with the plastic part of that tray. That's why I prefer those wider metal trays, that clinician choice uh, quad tray. Extreme, for example. So the impression of the preps themselves seem to be okay as you look at the margins, except for that one spot right there. And it's so tempting to want to use a double arch tray like this when you have a restoration that's on one side. As we roll it over, you'll see we've picked up some information uh, of the opposing arch. We only have a, a first molar there and we have some other teeth. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a look at the model and you'll see where the limitations of treating this case with the double arch impression are. So here's the bridge. It's been poured up and it's been mounted according to this double arch tray at this point. And it appears like we have enough reduction except for maybe on that first bicuspid. I haven't measured it. But as we look at the point of contact here between the upper and lower model, you can see there's just a single point of contact on the cuspid. And as we look at the, the stone models for both arches, we can see wear facets that are occurring on the anterior teeth. And so obviously there's some contact between these anterior teeth. This patient does not bite down uh, just onto that cuspid as we see uh, from the model itself. So I'm gonna take off, we'll take off this top model here and we'll try to hand articulate this. And what becomes clear relatively quickly as we try to hand articulate it is that without a posterior stop back here and with just a few teeth in contact in the anterior, it becomes very difficult to hand articulate this. And so our technicians have poured this up using the bites applied on the double bite tray, but they can tell that it's not right. So, but when you take this off and try to hand articulate it, it's really just a shot in the dark and there's a lot of guessing going on here. So this is the reason why we recommend for any bridge like this, uh, in order to try to ensure restorative success for you and the patient, you're going to use a full arch lower impression tray, a full arch upper impression tray, and then a bite registration between the opposing teeth and these preps. When we get a double arch uh, tray like this for a bridge, it's going to be very difficult for us to give you something. The bridge will fit. The bridge will fit these teeth most likely, except we did have that molar touching the tray. But usually the bridge will fit on the preps, but the bite's going to be off by a mile. And no one's happy about that. We're not happy, you're not happy, and the patient's not happy either. So let's do our best to stick to that rule, double arch trays for one or two adjacent single unit crowns. And anytime we have a bridge, let's go to full arch impression trays. One other bonus set of impressions as I was walking in the way, the technician said, oh, I want you to see this as well. Uh, this is again for a bridge. And so the doctor did use full arch trays. For some reason, these are, in, these are the Invisalign trays, the one that they can scan through when they're um, making the Invisalign aligners. And so these, I guess he had some extra ones sitting there. But the thing I found fascinating about this impression was, uh, again, it's for a three-unit bridge, and we like to have the full arch impression, but there's impression material missing here. 
So it's kind of like he used the same amount of impression material that you would for a double arch tray here, and then knowing that we needed a bite registration, squirted some over here, but didn't want to fill the area over here, saving uh, probably a good, I don't know, 80 cents, 90 cents in impression material, and maybe causing a remake that uh, will cost several hundred dollars in chair time. And, and lest you think that was just a mistake, let's look at the imposing impression. And again, the same thing. So the dentist did at least do the majority of the impression material on the same side of the arch as the bridge. And then instead of filling um, the area over here, just put some material uh, on the back over there uh, so we'd be able to articulate it. But it makes it difficult when this part of the model is not connected to this part of the model. So when we pour this up there, you know, obviously there's going to be a huge void where it's connected. But uh, it was just curious because I haven't seen this intentionally done before. When I saw this impression, I thought, oh, maybe they ran out of material. But then I saw that one as well. And I thought, wait a second, this is really interesting. And yeah, we're going to be able to make it work and we're going to be able to give it a try, uh, you know, assuming that we can see the margins on everything. Um, I haven't poured it up yet to take a look at it. Uh, but it just makes our life easier and thus makes your life and the patient's life easier to just add a little extra impression material here and here and go all the way around. Um, to save, uh, again, I don't know, $2.50 by not putting a few spots of material here. Seems kind of silly when we're talking about a bridge that's probably going to go for $3,000. That about wraps it up for this week's edition of Chairside Live. On behalf of myself, Megan, and everybody here at the laboratory, I want to thank you for your time and your continued commitment to quality dentistry. We'll see you next time.